0: Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Rosalind Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. And I am here for another interview that I'm super excited about because I'm going to be interviewing my little sis,
1: hey girl, hey.
0: Hey. China. <laughs> so I know that y'all have heard multiple people that I have had the opportunity to interview. That I met in DC at the Find Your Voice Academy retreat, and China was one of them. But China is like my little sister, and I love her so much. And she is such a phenomenal woman of God to be so young. Well, I can't say so young because you ain't that far off from me, sis, but younger than me in the sense that you young. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm really excited to interview her today. And I pray that this interview blesses you. And so, China, why don't you just say, hey,
1: girl? Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, y'all. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much, Roslyn, for having <laughs> me. I love you so much. And I'm just so glad to just chat with you all today.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you and what you do?
1: Oh, okay. So hello, everyone. Again, I am China Johnson, affectionately known as China J on Instagram. And I am a digital content creator. I'm a podcaster. I'm a grad student. I'm a daughter. I'm a child of God and all that good stuff. And currently I have a podcast called the Lux Life Podcast, which shows Christian women how to please God and actually enjoy life. So yes, that's a little bit about what I do. Yes. Okay. So kind of going into Lux Life. I want you to
0: talk about that. So, tell us a little bit about what got you the idea to do Lux Life Mm -hmm. and then the overall mission of Lux Life.
1: Okay. So, what got me the idea of Lux Life is also I got saved in 2018. So, when I got saved, it took me a while to get saved because one, I was still dabbling in sin and bondage. But then also, I'm like, God, like I'm extra. I'm extra, extra. I like Gucci, I like Louis Vuitton. You know, some people preach like when you're Christian, you got to be broke. You got to be poor. I'm like, listen, God, I don't see no women that look like me. I don't see no women who are slaying the game. Like, cause a lot of the churches that I visited, they were like older churches. So like skirts down to your ankles, you can't wear pants. You can't do this. I'm like, listen, God, I don't know how you gonna how I'm fit in this, in your kingdom. So I'm just keep dabbling and what I'm dabbling in. And then he led me to my home church. which is actually mainly a millennial church. So literally this is the first experience where I get to experience African-American people who are debt free. Who do like nice things and love Jesus, but they're not their idols. So just being in a, God allowed me to be in a space. I'm like, wow, like there is room for this extra personality in my likes. So for me, that's how the Lux Life was birthed, like showing other women. Because after talking to other women, I realized that I wasn't the only one who thought that. Like some girls are like, yeah, you know, I really love fashion, but I just dress dry at church because I don't want nobody to talk about me. I'm like, girl, you throw on your hair throw on that lipstick and keep it moving. So... I realized that it was a need for girls to know, like, it's okay for you to like the things that you like. And I'm also very intentional about making sure that we're not making these things idols. Because, yes, I do like Gucci. I do like Louis. But if God's like, yeah, you don't need to buy that, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm I'm like. So making sure that we're not uh, standing on the lines of idolatry, if that makes sense. So that's definitely how the Lux Life came about and how we're growing and things like that.
0: Yes. And I love that you said that there's nothing wrong with liking nice things because I always have this conversation with people when it comes to talking about the way that I look at God now that I've gone through counseling and the God I thought that I knew Mm -hmm. is not the God that I experienced. And so it's like, you know, I say all the time, girl, I'm a little loud and ratchet. Yeah, same. And and I like a little bit of hood music sometimes, Lord. And you know what I'm saying. So like, yeah. I think it became a thing where that box of yeah. what you're supposed to be kind of became diminished. And I loved your when I met you at the retreat.
1: Like you were like, I want Christians to have, still have
0: fun and not. Yeah,
1: because you think that you're supposed to be in your room? Don't get me wrong. If God calls you to a season of staying in your room and praying, yes, you do that. But people think that once you get saved, you locked in your room and a basement is there like you're not supposed to enjoy going to brunch. I like to travel. So you're not supposed to enjoy traveling. Like yes, of course, you do need to alter some ways that you have fun or even assessing them like okay, why do I have so much fun at the club? And do I really have fun? Cuz when I go home, I'm in my bed crying or I'm just like oh, my life like so just ex- assessing the things that you think are fun and why you think they're fun and then finding other things to offset that. So like for me, I still love going to brunch. So I still do that. I go to game nights. I go bowling. I travel. I go hiking like there are fun things to do on the earth. Like you can't just sit in your house all day. I mean, if you want to, but that's fine if you're a homebody, Mm -hmm. but I'm not. And most of my friends and the people who are drawn to my audience, we're not homebodies. Like we like gathering, we like fellowshipping. And the Bible also talks about community too. You sitting in your basement, who are you communing with? The Amazon man? You in this basement. (laughs) Girl, but I
0: think that is so, and. I wish somebody told me that when I was in college or around girl, I wish somebody told me that when I was like 21. Yes. Because I remember when I was like 21 and really up to like 24, I completely isolated. Like I was like, oh, I'm saved. I don't need to do anything. Girl, I missed homecoming parties. I missed all kind of stuff. Not for the sense of like wanting to go and get drunk but just I was like I don't know if I need to go and it was just a perception of staying boxed in that like you said there are some things you do have to assess to say is this good for
1: my spirit is this gonna trigger
0: me to want to go right and
1: that's important your triggers everybody's triggers are also different so for me I am not well I'm getting well when I first got saved I was not in the space to like go to the club and stuff like that I'm just like listen when the city girls come on, it's over. So I don't personally yes, put myself.
0: When dreams and
1: nightmares by Meek Mill come on, yes, I don't. I got transform
0: I it to a different person. Okay, right.
1: you know what I'm saying? hello. So I don't put myself in situations like that. Like, don't get me wrong. Even Jackie Hill Perry made like this Insta story a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago, and she was saying Christian girls be acting like they don't be in the house twerking. Y'all just just because y'all stop twerking a club, don't mean you're twerking in your house. All the rest of us like mind your business because listen, I'm honoring God by not. <laughs> working outside the house I'm working the house and he's okay like it's but that also goes with how you view God like I don't see him being like oh my gosh China's twerking in her room by herself oh God. like ain't no man in here
0: yes amen and I'm gonna tell you the twerk still occurs when you married so listen,
1: listen. and that's all oh. I,
0: I need to like you know do the things I gotta do to keep the baby uh, you know keep the man you know yeah. what I'm saying like
1: so oh, good and oh, I think me and you talked about this before This is one of the things that kind of grinds my gears to the fact that in the Christian world, sometimes we expect women who don't have like backgrounds of like sexual promiscuity to like just jump right into it. Just jump right into that thing. Like, and that's why it's so important. I believe it's Titus 2, where it talks about older women, like, take up the young woman and teach them. Because if you never did anything, I mean, it's you're going to have to have somebody yeah. to take you under. Because I have a friend who's actually terrified of, like, her wedding night. She's terrified. She's never, like, done anything, any nothing. So she's really, like, terrified. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm terrified, too. But she's, like, <laughs> terrified, terrified. What do I that
0: Okay, let me backtrack because I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) For me, in my process with my husband, there was a lot of shame attached to intimacy. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And so
0: during the time that I was like going through, and I I remember in college, this was way before he and I dated, I was celibate because I was like, oh, this is what I have to do because this is what God said I needed to do. and but I also utilized celibacy as an idol to say I'm doing better than this person yeah
1: yeah and so
0: I think a lot of times when it came to especially when I got married intimacy doesn't like yes you have sex but you still grow in yeah. that area as you're married, like as a pregnant person, sometimes and this is just full transparency. Sometimes you just don't feel like it. You're, yeah. t- you're pregnant, yeah. you're very pregnant. Okay. You don't have a lot of energy. You right, really right. don't have any core strength. And saying that yeah. to say, like, you know, that part of your marriage is always something you're gonna grow in and yeah, explore. Definitely. And so there's nothing wrong with. Having those, like, yes, okay. if I throw juvenile 99 in the 2000s, come exactly. on, I'm gonna twerk on my husband. Exactly. But at the same time, it shouldn't be a taboo conversation because of You
1: have to have them. You have to have them. Because, like, for me, I'm a single woman. I'm practicing abstinence right now, but I still do need married women to speak life in that particular area when that time comes. Because, yes, there is going to be like shame tattoo. I'm like, I'm abstinence all the time. You expect me just to jump right back in the hole. Yeah. No, they to expect that. you to
0: throw it back. <laughs> just that. being frank. It's just saying it to say, like, it's a thing where I believe it's a beautiful process yeah. because I look at it as worship. So yeah, yeah. I look at it as it's a connection with my husband that I get to experience that no one gets to experience. And right. I can be, it's a very vulnerable moment. And so I think the marriage bed is undefiled. Right, so there's right. nothing that you, like, and I mean, I can't get like specifics, yeah, 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 but like yeah. yes. that's a beautiful process. And so yeah. I think don't be terrified, but just yeah. understand that when I look at it as worship, I yeah, see it like, in my yeah. mind as, Even if this is an area that we're struggling in, God still honors that and God can bring himself. I mean, because there are times I'd be like, okay, Lord, help me just even, you know, when I'm pregnant, like, okay, you know, I I still got to do this. And so it's just a thing of having those conversations. It also has a lot to do with your partner. Because I remember when Nico and I dated, you know, for him, he was like, I ain't gotta be you know, I ain't got to be celibate. That ain't, you know, that ain't even our ministry. I ain't got to do that, babe. But for me, it was important. And so it was a lot of conversation. Yeah. And so I think that that just doesn't need to be, we as Christians need to be honest. We just need to be honest about what it is and know that it's not
1: like you tempted. Yeah, It's a lot of honest. Instead of acting like Oh, yeah. I like, I can sit on here and be like, yes, I'm abstinent. I never am tempted, girl. I am just living my life. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Girl, I, right. so, like, like, I was with that man for four and a half years, okay? Listen, Before we got married. Conversations like these are so important. Like, I am a Bible believer, Holy Ghost filled Christian. And I'm saying, like, yes, sometimes I do get tempted. Like, I just having healthy conversations. Yeah. Like, older women pouring into younger women. Like, yeah. that's how it's supposed to work. I think sometimes we miss that piece where it's like, sex is bad, bad. No, it's actually no. not bad. God created it for a purpose. Now, if you use it outside of the purpose that he created it for, you will deal with the consequences of it. Yes. And that's just what it is. Yes, it is.
0: Yes, but, and I yeah. think it just has a lot to do with, again, you and your partner. Yeah. You and your partner having those conversations. Because, okay, so I'll be honest and say, we weren't celibate the whole four and a half years we were dating. It just wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah. However, there was so much shame attached Uh, to me that I struggled spiritually and emotionally because I would hear things like, oh, you're not going to be blessed if you do this or your marriage won't be blessed. Oh, this won't happen or he won't propose to you because of this. And so for me, it felt like an insecurity. And it really wasn't until I had to really like it really wasn't until I went to therapy, which we were engaged at that point that I learned that there was so much shame attached to Intimacy. And when we got engaged, it's a funny story. I don't even know if he wants me to tell this story, but we basically were celibate the whole time we were engaged as a means to just like really just be focused. And then, too, I think he was just tired of me like being like, oh my God, oh my God. You know what? We're just going to stop this because at this point, you just, you know, and I want you to be able to feel okay. And so I think that again, it's really conversations with you and the partner. It's really, really a personal thing between you and God, and it has a lot. Because again, his conviction wasn't my conviction, and my conviction yeah. was his. And it has a lot to do with your partner. But to have those real conversations are important because I can't tell somebody what they should do about their right.
1: life, right?
0: As it relates to intimacy, because I don't know what they might have struggled with in the past. Yeah. And so that becomes those things where we do have to have those conversations, conversations. about those yeah. things.
1: Definitely. Yeah. So girl, we got all off topic, but that was good. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I was like, oh, know that you know how me and you do. Yes. You know how we do. Yes.
0: yes. Okay. So tell me a little bit about how you came to know God and build your relationship with him.
1: Oh, my testimony story. It still gives me chills. So in November 2018, when I gave my life, back to God. So prior, leading up to November 18th, I went to a historically black college. So historically black colleges, like pageantry is like a thing, like the miss of the school, like you're competing in pageants, you're doing all this, you're in student government association, you're always walking the football field, you're always doing speeches. So I was one of those. And then I was also, well, I am still an AKA, so I'm AKA. I was doing pageants. So pretty much in HBC world, you're like on the top of the world. Like you like, ain't nobody can't tell me nothing. Like, yeah, I'm that. But here's the thing. Outside, it looked like I felt that way. But inside, it was so much mental, like torment, distress. I really genuinely did not like my life. So every month, like once a month, I'll text all my friends and be like, oh my gosh, guys, like I'm not doing anything with my life. Like I'm a bum. And then of course, they might hype squads. So they like, you're doing awesome. Girl, you miss Bowie. Girl, you AKA. I'm like, but whatever. So that would be a temporary band-aid that would go over the womb. So this particular day, November 2018, none of my friends answered the phone. Keep in mind, like your friends, certain friends you talk to every single day. So the ones I talk to every single day, it's like that day they disappear. So then I'm just sitting in my room, like just going through it. And so then I just said, like, I just started praying. I said, listen, God, if you are who all these people say you are, you need to show me yourself because this ain't it. So then that's when the Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit, my home church. So it's so funny because I had went to my home church three years prior to actually coming back. The only reason I went three years prior is because it was like an AKA program and I wanted to be AKA. So I went, but I never went back after that. But literally that day in November, the Holy Spirit said, go back to that church. And I went back. I got saved. I believe I got saved that Sunday night. And it's been amazing journey since then so wow. I'm going it's going to be two years yeah two years come uh this November well next wow. month wow okay so wait let me ask you how old are you I am 24 years old I'll be 25 January 6th you'll be 25 in January oh my gosh yeah, I remember
0: 25 okay I just literally went back in my head at 25 that was a great birthday by the way so recently became saved and knowing that how do you think, from that experience, God showed himself to you? Because two years being saved and knowing the impact you're doing now, like, what shifted around that time? I would say... Because honestly- God come in, sometimes he just, you know, he take over. He liked to be around, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So what do you think shifted for you?
1: For me, what it was... Honestly, for me, it wasn't really a shift. It was more so literally, since I've been saved these past two years, it's been a redemption period. So not really a shift It's literally the things that God is showing me about my future. The things that God has allowed me to do have actually always been desires of my heart. But the enemy has such a chokehold on me that I acted like I wasn't good at those things. And the enemy for me was so strategic about moments in my life where he plays certain things to kill certain gifts so for example when i was in first grade i'll never forget this teacher but when i was in first grade i used to always get in trouble for talking and i used to always get in trouble for being bossy so instead of my teacher taking time to cultivate those gifts she shut them down so the enemy used her literally from first grade until i got to college I said anything. Like, of course, I talk a lot to my family and stuff. But like in public settings, I would barely speak. I would rarely volunteer for anything. So that's about from first grade to like to twelve. That's twelve years of me just like being silent. Like even I took a public speaking class and acted like I didn't actually like what I was doing. Like that's how the shame and doubt that he allowed her to plant in first grade literally kept me bound. And also to backtrack, I was Catholic from kindergarten through. 13 years old, and then 13 until I got saved. I used to have my grandparents to draw me off. I used to go to church by myself when I was like 13, 14. So God has always had his hand on my life, but it was just like, at that particular time, the enemy just was just, I don't know. Just had, you no, don't understand just had. sometimes at that age. Yeah. You don't, you don't yeah. understand what does this mean? Right, and so I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I didn't realize it was weird that I was 13 years old going to church by myself until I got older and I was talking to somebody at my current church. And she was like, you know, that's not normal. I was like, really? People pray? She's dropped them off? And she's like, no. And like throughout my time before I got saved, I would go to church once in the blue, once in the blue. And so then, like, for example, like I said, the leadership, God's redeeming that. Because even in college, my leadership experience, like I said, was tied to trauma. So I literally, when I got saved, I told him, I said, listen, I would do anything that you want me to do but please do not allow me to lead or to speak was probably laughing at me like girl shut up because here's the thing those were desires of my heart like literally since I can remember I've always wanted to be like a motivational speaker I wanted to do women's empowerment like I'm also a certified life coach but that's a whole different thing but
0: you never told me that
1: yeah because it's just, I don't I don't know but yeah, so like, I was always wanted to be a motivational speaker who focused on women's empowerment. So that's always been a desire. It's like, that's so funny to me because I have a whole podcast right now that helps women like,
0: please. Mm, it just comes back full circle, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. So it's just like, he's literally in the season of redeeming. He's like, listen, you are a leader, not bossy, but you are a leader. I literally called you to open your mouth. But since we have to unpack all the things that was tied to it, so you can show like, no, this is something because even at church. I was getting opportunities to lead. I was like, oh no, I just like to be in the background, false humility. I'm like, oh no, I like, even though secretly in my heart, I'm like, oh, I would one day love to just put my foot on the pulpit. I don't even got to preach or nothing. I just want to put my foot on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's just so like, I would definitely say the shift was just his redemption and accepting the (laughs) redemption. Let me say something to that,
0: because I think that that is so rich, because I think that oftentimes we discount the gifts that we actually really have for a means of trying to say, oh, no, God doesn't want me in the spotlight or, oh, no, this, this, this. And it becomes, like you said, false humility. And really what that is, is we are fearful. Yeah of taking the step because again, those desires don't go away. Like for me, I think I always, I knew I always wanted to work with women in some capacity. I didn't know what it was. I knew I had a message that I wanted to share with people. I didn't know what that was. I always ran away from mental health because I was like, this isn't sexy, Lord. This is not cute. This is a sad sometimes. Like, I was like, why do you want me to talk about this? This isn't, you know,
1: Right, right. And
0: so I think really we try to hide under this thought process that, oh, God doesn't want me to do this. When all the while, He's like, no, the very thing you're trying to hide from is the very thing I want you to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that even goes with personality, too. Because even sometimes, like for me, another thing is I used to kind of like minimize myself because I'm like, I don't want people to know that I'm so extra because they may and god literally i knew who you were when i formed in your mother's room. i'm doing them service i'm like i'm quiet no Roslyn, you know me like i'm quiet i literally probably be sitting in my seat about to blow up like you are so not quiet like Bingo. Bingo. You, are, you are
0: not quiet you get excited and you get hyped and you get loud and that's I in my
1: voice yes in my voice my, it's so funny one of my best friends is like you always tell when you're excited about a word or something because your voice goes up like 10 oct-
0: <laughs> listen it's the real thing okay i know because i'm the same way i get so hey.
1: I'm like, oh my god
0: oh my god okay and then i start talking about edges and yes. lifting and you know all the stuff that i say so <laughs> So yeah, but I think that that's right. And so kind of going into that, how did you know you wanted to help other women build their faith?
1: Women have always gravitated towards me and I've always loved working with them. So I knew that when God gave me the idea for the podcast, at first I was like, is this for men and women? So when I first started, I actually was like branding towards men and women, but then I'm like, God, this don't feel right. So then I took a month-long social media fast and stuff and rebranded. And I'm like, yeah, it's for women. I'm sorry, man. I can redirect y'all to some men of God that I know is right. But other than that, this is for women. That's who I'm called to. And I'm not ashamed to be called to women, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, too, that also gives great background into sometimes we have to get back to the place of seeking God's heart to know what it is we're supposed to do because there are times where i won't say that i ever
1: i'm gonna say i don't want to work with men but that's just not my girl that's not yeah, my, okay that's not my, i had to get okay with that because at first i was like well i don't want to feel like i'm closing some of your people off blah blah, blah. And he's like i literally called you to this group of people so you're not the, the men will be fine there's somebody that he's raising up in the earth to handle that it ain't you yeah. I had to be like okay listen it ain't me I'm kind of glad it's not me because men is a very hard target audience to figure out how to create a
0: but are no shade to the men but they are something you know Yeah, that's they work them differently from us yeah. they talk differently from us you know we as women have different type of struggles yeah. and there's nothing wrong with men you know serving them in that capacity right.
1: but that ain't where I be going there. Listen, right. It's okay. Like, I had to be okay with that. i to listen to I'll send y'all. I can, like, even for me. Also, I'm very, I guess when we get to the scene, part, we can talk about that. But I'm very interesting when it comes to men sliding in my DMs. So a lot of men slide into my DMs. Oh, no, talk about it. Because that was my next question. Okay. Oh so tell God. me about the single season. So.
0: It's been like, go ahead. Just spill so, it. With this.
1: So what I was saying was, men slide into my DMs. I just refer them to my guy friends. Because I personally just like to set up boundaries and make it very clear that I ain't, don't come in here trying to, because I've had boys slide in my DMs trying to talk about Jesus, and then it goes left. I don't like that. But singleness season has honestly been a season of ups and downs, but more ups than downs. So I do have days, like it was raining in Maryland. I'm from Maryland. So it was raining in Maryland two days ago, and I was just like, oh, Lord, where's my man? <laughs> I don't know why the rain, like... And I wasn't even thinking about that this week, but I was just like, oh, it's raining. Where's my man? But then I also enjoy the singleness season of being able just to get up and go. Like I travel, travel. Like Corona shut down my plans. But normally, Roslyn, I travel like once a quarter or like even more than that. Like even last Valentine's Day, me and one of my closest friends, her went to the Bahamas. Yes, it's Valentine's Day. We don't care about none of y'all couples. Listen, I'm about to have you lay in this water. So it's just also being at a place of being content and preparing yourself for marriage. And when I say preparing yourself for marriage, I'm not saying like learn how, like, well, I mean, you should learn how to cook regardless if you're married or not because you want to eat. But just like not necessarily focus on, I'm only doing this because I want a husband. More Ooh. so focused on. Oh, that's so good. good. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God.
0: I tell people that are single, enjoy
1: yeah. your time yeah, definitely. alone. Yeah. Also, like I was saying, like making sure that you're preparing yourself in a way, like going to therapy. But that's not because I want a man or for learning how to cook and learning what's wrong with me. Figuring out what's wrong with me because it don't have nothing to do with him because regardless if he comes or not, I can ruin that easily if I don't prepare myself the things that's wrong with me because realistically god could send you a blessing right now but if everything in you is still tainted that blessing will slip through your hands and that man and i like how you said not doing singleness and preparing for
0: marriage as a means to just get a man because that becomes an idol that's how you idolize marriage or idolize a relationship everything you do becomes in crux with i gotta do this in order to prepare for my man
1: and really i was there too i've been there
0: (laughs) It takes away yeah. from your time. And I think I think about that too, because me and my husband were long distance for three years. Mm-hmm. So he lived about three and a half hours away. And so we would see each other once a month because he was in school and I was in school in two different cities. So it was kind of like I was by myself, pretty much. And the only thing we could do were conversate on the phone. But Even though I was in a relationship with him, I always still did things like me and my friends would drive to Atlanta for a weekend. We would go to town. We would do stuff as a means of me still wanting to be able to have some means of a life outside of my relationship. So that doesn't stop even when you get in a relationship because you're always going to be discovering you. Even as a married woman, I have my own individualized identity outside of my husband. He has his own individualized identity outside of me, even though we're married. And so there are days where he don't feel like being bothered with me. And there are days I really don't yeah. want to be bothered with him. And so with that, what do I do? If, if if I'm making everything about this situation, I don't know that
1: I like to travel.
0: That becomes a thing for you, China, where it's like, I want to be with somebody who enjoys
1: travel. Yeah, I can't date a man that don't want to travel. I Listen, I know that. All you know people. what I'm
0: saying? So, like, that becomes a thing where yeah. you discover what you like and don't like. You know you want to be with somebody who likes to travel. Then I can't be with somebody who don't want to, uh, like, right. save some money to go out of town here and there. And so that becomes, you find out what you like by enjoying that process. Yeah.
1: And then also, I know some people... Uh, Especially like the early twenties, it's like, oh, I don't want to go here because I'm gonna wait till I get married. Oh, I don't want to do this until I get married. Take your trips, buy that thing, do what you. You'll have some place to go and talk about when you get in a relationship. Like you can, like I don't put anything on hold until I get a man. I'm gonna do what I'm doing, and yes, oh, I want to go to Dubai again. Okay, I'm we together, but I'm not gonna stop. I know some people literally stop their lives and just think like. Then also having this idea that you're not a success families and the church sometimes also perpetuate this idea that you're not successful until you're married. And that does a lot of disservices to women's. Cause I know women who are lawyers, who are doctors. I have a friend who is in the process of buying a house and her mother texts her back and like, and like, Oh, you're finding a house. You need to find a husband too while you're out there. Keep in mind her child is buying a house. Like and her child is, I think, she is almost, she is 80% debt-free. So she has 20% of debt left to pay and she's about to buy a house and you text her back and say, find a husband while you're out there. Maybe if I was 80% debt-free and had a house to phone Nico and I got married, baby, girl, girl. <laughs> girl. Exactly. So, And I have friends who are lawyers, who are doctors, who are entrepreneurs, who are, what? I have women who do ministry who are just amazing. And Literally, all people ask them when they're on panels and stuff so when do you think God's going to send you a man? Like, Don't get me wrong. Marriage is a desire of people's hearts, but it's like, forget everything else I did. I'm not important or I'm not worthy or I'm not successful. And the Bible does not say that. Yes, it does say that women do bring men favor. It does say that. And he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Yes. But it doesn't say, hey, y'all, put your life on pause because until your man comes, it does not say that. It doesn't. It's just sometimes- And it just hurts my. It really hurts my heart when people do that to singles, because it's like, yes, they're single, but they have other stuff going on too. Yes, yes. I mean, one of my
0: best friends, she's single, and she is an entrepreneur and is bomb. Like, and so I think that, girl, and she goes on solo trips. Like, it it doesn't stop your life for the person. It could be hard. Like, it's not. I'm not negating that. There's not a desire, like you said. Oh, it's not easy, but. You have to get to but a point. It doesn't stop your life, and I love how you described how, when people say, "I don't want to do this until I get married," that's how we idolize. Yeah. When we idolize it to where we it becomes the crux of what we do, then it becomes really hard. And truly, again, too, you want to be an individual.
1: Yeah. yeah. Even
0: in your relationship, Me uh-huh. you want to be doing a podcast. Me. Doing what I do, that is an individual thing, yeah. It's outside of my relationship, but it's still a part of me that I enjoy doing. And the beautiful part about that is, is my husband supports it,
1: yes. And, and that's, that's cool. Say that again, say that again. He supports it. That's it's, something that singles need to be very intentional with. And let me backtrack a couple people, like prophets and different other types of pastors, have told me, they told me, like, listen. And you in particular are going to be very careful of the partner in which you choose because literally your destiny can be disrupted, period, if you were married the wrong man. Like if you're under the wrong man's covering, it's over. So like, for example, you're under Nico's covering. Who supports your vision? So of course, he's not going to give you a hard time like, oh, you want to keep you're recording Nico- that podcast? <laughs> I'd be like, am I
0: in front of the desk to him? He's like, nah, you all right? And I'm like- Listen y'all do you miss me
1: do you want to go be on all the bible study calls he support listen i be writing yeah. that go i like man like mr nico <laughs> he's he be on all the bible <laughs> studies <Mr>. nico china <laughs> he would be on all those bible studies y'all he be literally everything that rosin does he be right there yeah so that is so important because if rosin would have Maybe had somebody who's like, oh, cut that podcast, messed off, cut it. Like, that can literally hurt your self esteem and also hurt the things that God is trying to birth through y'all, too.
0: But here's why, and this is part of that. So let me backtrack. Here's why my husband is extremely individually confident in himself. Yes. For him, not intimidated by what I do. So because he's confident, and this is for people who need to understand this because men are confident people, but sometimes they, I don't know about all men. I can only speak for mine. Mm-hmm. He is individually confident. So he's not intimidated by, because again, I started the podcast when we were married. And to see what I'm doing, like to see you know, impact and all that kind of stuff, he's not intimidated by that because he's like, you do you. Because here's the thing, well, you doing you, has a direct impact on me. Babe, if you make a coin, we both making a coin. If this is making an impact for people, this is making an impact for me because he's like, I can come in. He's like, he's always wanted to do some type of black love thing. And I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so, but he's like, you know, it has a direct impact on what you do. If you have resources that I can have access to, like he's like, go for it. And so I think when men don't support it's because there's a confidence issue or there's a security that they have where if their woman shines a light that's Mm. brighter or what they may think because here's the thing if the light shine bright on me it's absolutely gonna shine bright on you because people always want to know what Nico doing they want to know who is this man (laughs) that's married to this loud and ratchet girl and so whenever I bring him on Instagram people are like yes tell us all the things and so I think it's just, he's individually confident. So that makes a difference in the way that I operate because he's not, he's not like you ain't up there like doing nothing crazy. You out there trying to do something. So why would I feel insecure or try to pull you away from something you desire to do just because we're married?
1: So, oh,
0: Oh, so I think it, and my husband is not the, I'm going to be on social media with the phone in my hand, I'm not gonna be on the podcast talking. He is very chill. He likes to play 2K. He likes to work out. He likes to go out and eat and all that kind of stuff. His social media right. is not his thing. So also too, I know that as someone who is active in those areas, I'm not gonna also push that on him. Yeah, yeah. And that becomes another thing too. Like we as women have to also know our man's way of doing things too. If he's not a huge person to do that, he ain't, I don't tag Nico and nothing on Instagram because he don't barely even get on it. The last picture he posted China was new years of last year. On his so like, that's not his thing. And so sometimes, sometimes, and this is very honest too. Sometimes you can be the one that may be in a spotlight or have a platform or be the one doing stuff and your husband is the support but i'm gonna tell you something if he says something to me i'm listening there were times yeah. throughout this pregnancy he's like you need to chill out yeah. you have work too much you need to sit down and i'm like okay i need to sit down
1: right but that's also that's why it's so important to trust who you're marrying and who you're covering if you're covering like Aces, hey, says you're pregnant and you're doing 10 million calls Girl, sit I out. was And trusting his leadership to be like, All right, cool, I'm sit down. Don't tell me twice. Versus if you marry somebody who you don't trust the leadership, you're gonna be like, Why are you telling me to say that? Like, and that also goes with the whole submission and stuff thing. But that's the listen, that's the that's whole story. That's a, a whole, whole different, story. yeah, that's a whole, that's whole different thing. piece.
0: That's a whole thing. <laughs> and so, kind of with that for yourself, how do you think about staying faithful? to the promise of God about relationship? Because I've heard you say, God has told me I'm going to be married and he has a man for me. So it's like, how do you stay faithful to that and being single to that promise?
1: Um, how do I stay faithful? Okay, so backtrack. I have a running list of, well, I have a note section that says God ideas. So he gives me like ideas for anything. And I also have a section where it's like prophecies that people have given me. So honestly, I go back to the list. I go back to the promise. I go back to my prayer journal. But okay, God, you said he coming. Give me the strength to wait because, listen, I'm not blind. When you get saved, you don't become blind. So I can see a fine man a mile away. Like, And I wear glasses. Oh, yeah. 10 miles away. <laughs> it's just like I stay faithful by holding on to God's promises and also acknowledging my feelings. So like I told y'all the other day, it was raining. I'm like, okay, God, it's raining. And I would like to have a man, I would like to be married. So of course I can lay up with my man right now while it's raining. And that, you know, yeah. So just acknowledging my feelings and holding on to his promises and also keeping myself busy. Like, okay, I'm single. What do you want me to focus on in this season? And this- Yes, that's good. For every single or married person, we're for everyone. Every season has something attached to it. What as a single or as a married person, what are you supposed to be focused on in this season? what are you supposed to be is it okay he's telling you your husband's coming so you need to go to therapy because child there's some stuff that needs to come out before he can send him because for me I knew for a fact oh I don't know if I ever told you this Roslyn backtrack so when I went to college my dream was to get proposed to our graduation so I was with somebody five years the five years I was in college I was with somebody So we were like talking about marriage, whatever. He was asking like my close friends, like, you know, what type of ring was she like? All this stuff. Long story short, I got saved and God called me out of that. So I'm like, God, like why I'm trying to be married. This is when marriage was my idol. So I was just like, God, I'm trying to be married. Why are you calling me out of it? And honestly, as I look back on the situation, I would have been a terrible wife, Rosalind, and he would have been a terrible husband. And it would have just, no, seriously, like seriously, because it was so much, it was so many things in me that God hadn't yet worked out with me that it would have tainted him or he would have tainted me. And it would have just been a mess because we had so much mess that was not dealt with, like so many types of bondages, traumas, yeah. spiritual trauma that needed to be worked out. So Just also acknowledging that, like, yes, I do want to be married, but there's something that God wants to work out of me in this season. I want him to work out as much as he can. So when he does send the man, I won't taint it and it won't slip through my hands. Yes, because I'm going to tell
0: you, that was something that I think I struggled with when Nico and I were dating, because, again, we dated four and a half years before we got married. We met in 2012. We didn't get married until we got engaged in 2017. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. So it's almost yeah, it was like four and a half years, and so I was like, "I've been with you for four years. What's going on? What are we doing?" Like I was always asking that question. Yeah, we had been together when we were twenty-two. If he had proposed at twenty-three, girl, we probably would have been divorced because
1: yeah, and that's that, and that's that's the being honest with yourself. We weren't, we, we weren't Same. we were nowhere near
0: T- prepared. No, not Same. even Same. not even five steps there. <laughs> and so when we got closer to like, when I was about 26, mm-hmm. I was like, ask him the question, like, do you want to be with me? Like, what's going on? You know, I think I'm great. I think I'm pretty yeah. good. I graduated <laughs> yeah. from grad school. You know what I'm saying? I think I'm good. But it wasn't until about a year later that he proposed and we were ready at that point. He was getting almost done with graduating from college for himself. He had his own place. Like, there were so many moving pieces. At that point, again, we were long distance. He moved back to Memphis. If he ain't proposed to me when we were long distance, like, what would that have looked like? Yeah. And so I think you can't rush the process of something. Because here's the thing. When God does stuff, God is very strategic.
1: Super strategic. And
0: so he's like, when I give you a blessing, I'm not blessing you for it to be...
1: fumble the bag, yeah.
0: Fumbled. That's a great way to put it. Fumbled. I'm blessing you so that you can be prepared yeah, yeah. and ready for what I have for you. We got married at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. Like I think if we had got married before or any time before that, it just would have. Yeah. I think about Elijah, my baby. If we had got pregnant the first year, girl, yeah. yes, we weren't financially ready. Yeah. We spent the first year almost a year and a half of our marriage, paying off all of our debt. Yeah, I remember that. Like we did so much to pay off debt because that was like, we had so much debt. So we had to pay off stuff so that when I got pregnant, all of that extra money was able to be used to go to savings and prepare for the baby. And we don't have to worry about, hey, when he comes, we're all over the place. That was the Lord. And also too, God knew that we needed that time together before we got pregnant. And so not to say like, We can get so in crux with rushing a process that it's not in God's will for Mm. us to be able to to be in control of that. He's in control of the timeline. And so now when I think about, oh yeah, we've been married two years and had a baby, we've had time together, we've gone on trips, we've paid off debt, we have a good, healthy savings. Like we're not worried about anything. We can go to sleep at night knowing that our son will be taken care
1: of. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? And so
0: I think that those things are vital. When you say like, yes, get you together.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. So along with that though, as you've kind of gone through this process, talk about, especially as somebody that's like discovering their gifts, your grad school process and how that helps you to understand your gifts and talents. Because you were talking about how you wanted to be a speaker. You wanted to be in front of people. And like, so I know that that has pulled out some stuff out of you. So talk about that.
1: So grad school. So I'm in a master's program and my focus is nonprofit leadership. But when I first went to school, my major was women and gender studies because I wanted to work at like a nonprofit that does advocacy for women. Women has always been there. So then as I started taking classes, I got put into two nonprofit classes. Mm -hmm. And literally when I got put into the nonprofit classes, I said, Lord, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so then as I was in grad school, I volunteer at my church and I volunteer sometimes on the weekdays, like during like the regular business hours. And so I, one day I was just like volunteering at church during the weekday. I was like, I'm supposed to do nonprofit leadership for churches. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, you want me to be like the Christian Olivia Pope for churches. And so <laughs> it's just been pulling out gifts. Cause I wouldn't have known that I liked the business side of churches, until I got the opportunity to volunteer at church and take those classes because if I never would have took those classes I would never have known that that was a gifting that I have and that I find a lot of fruit and favor in too because I have another funny part a lot of my friends now are PKs so I have yeah a lot of them are PKs so I have a lot of like insight on like church stuff so I could be like oh tell your parents to try this strategy this may help have you thought about doing this okay so maybe and one of my friends does speaking engagements so I'm like I pause you can that's I pause you? Can I not
0: pause not. you? Because I need you to pause. I need yeah. you to
1: see this. I need you to, I need to say it out loud
0: so that oh people- gosh. What you about to say to me? China got saved two years ago. <laughs> so when we talk about we're not qualified or I ain't been in church all my life
1: or I don't know nah. this or I don't know that. My PK friend teaching me said I'm like, listen y'all, I'm fresh off the-, the- And then but no, another point, I'm glad you brought that up. Sometimes people think that your spiritual growth is attached two years and that's not true because god could definitely accelerate you very quickly but you have to do your work on the back end to win. because when he accelerates you you have to do your work on the back end i mean it's not much to say about that like because y'all are probably thinking like she's only been saved for two years blah blah, blah. but god's like i ain't thinking that i ain't thinking that because god's like baby i know what you do in your quiet time i know what your bible study looks like i know what your praying looks like like i know what's in you so it's not for me i don't really get because at first me and my PK friends used to have conversations of like doing panels and stuff. Cause they do like a lot of panels. And I was talking to one of them. I was like, you know, I don't know if like people will call me to do panels with y'all. And she's like, why? I was just like, I'm so like unchurched compared to y'all. And she's like, that's why you're amazing. She's like, literally you are going to not say the opposite of what everybody else is saying, but I'm also not, I don't have that religious religion. Traditional lens. I don't have that. Like, I don't come from that. And my church is also non-denominational too. So I'm used to when worship go on, baby, if you want to twirl in the back of the room, if you want to do a cartwheel across the room, I'm used to that. So I'm not used to like how some structures are set up. So she was like, that's good. God literally put you in this space because you're different. Like, if you look like all of us, then what was the point of God sending you here? We already here. Baby, the unchurched
0: are some beautiful people.
1: Yes, because it's just like we reach a certain, like, for example, I recorded the podcast yesterday, and one of the questions was like, Can I be like a ratchet Christian? And so then I thought to myself, like, yes, of course, you let some things go. But then on the same token, God literally created you. He made you come from the city that you come from for your audience. So for me, I can translate. So I can go and do evangelism and like the hood, and people will still understand what I'm talking about. And literally, I can plant seeds for their salvation. If that makes sense, like I can literally teach them about Jesus because I know I don't come in like Hello,
0: I have a master. Yeah, and, and not only that, but like we get to a place of like people curse or like people, hey, oh gosh, you're cursing.
1: cursing. oh or <laughs>
0: it, we get afraid or think yeah. that it's this or that. And it's like you can be who you people know I love me some Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they know that I'm this way, but I can kick it. And yeah. I love to be around like other people that yeah are
1: authentically who they are. And that's how freedom and breakthrough come. If, you, if you're if you like, oh, China's super churchy. I'm not going to tell her the real truth. How am I going to help you walk through deliverance? How am I going to help you get free from bondage? If I give this impression that you can't be you. Yeah. It does God a disservice too. It does him a disservice because it's like, I'm sending you people because I created you to help them. And you don't even, you're trying to act like something you're not. Like, and it don't work like that. Yes,
0: it doesn't. It's not. It's not like that. And that's why I was when I was saying, like, when I really discovered the God, yeah, the God I thought mm-hmm. versus the God I get to experience now, I realized like, oh, I have boxed you in.
1: Yes, so I, much.
0: I have so dimmed much. myself down. I have just not even recognized that you love me this way. Like, you love me loud, Lord. You love when I be like, yes, Lord, you better go off. You better do it. Like, he don't care. And so I think that that's a beautiful process to be because, again, I'm not going to be suited and booted and all this. It's just what happens, sis. You know, I like my uh, tennis shoes. I like nice clothes. Right. You know, it's just, no, uh uh-uh. I like having my nose ring in, you know what I'm saying? Like, period so it just is what it is and i think yeah. we put too much pressure on ourselves we're operating in religion
1: and comparing ourselves because like for me i've had times where i used to compare myself to like my pk friends i'm just like oh like they're so lucky to have been church their whole lives blah 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 blah. and i was like girl be quiet like yes they're for where they're called to that's mm-hmm. great for where you're called to sis you're fine calm down mm-hmm. so it's just kind of cool like, accepting the fact like you're different it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Being okay with that and resting in that and knowing that God's equipping you.
0: Yes, 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 yes. So what tips would you give people who, especially over this time that you've been saved about how to build a relationship
1: with God, especially as a new Christian? I would definitely say step number one is reading the word. So getting a Bible translation that you can understand. So doing that, getting a Bible translation that you can actually understand, Listen. For people who are growing their relationship, if you can start with King James, then God bless you. But if you cannot, I would recommend the New Living Translation. I would recommend the message version, the Amplified, the New International Version, and just reading his word. And like just read, even if it like you don't understand it, just keep reading it because seeds are being planted as you're reading it. I would definitely say build a prayer life. And if you don't know how to pray, the Bible actually gives you instructions on how to pray and also connect to a Bible-based church with people who pray. So then you can learn. So for me, when I first got saved, my church has a prayer team and I wanted to grow that spiritual discipline. So I joined the prayer team and I think I know how to pray a little bit now. So, so yeah. You know, prayer is conversation. That's how I say it. Exactly. So it's like, just talk. Yeah. Cause I'd be like, listen, God, I'm here to tell you like, and it's also different types of prayer. So that's okay. Reading his word, prayer, getting into a Christian community. Because there are going to be times where you are going to need other people to speak life into you. You're going to need, faith comes through hearing. So you're going to need to hear other people's testimonies because literally their testimony may be the thing that helps you hold on. Like, listen, God, I've seen what you've done for others. I'm here. Please do the same for me. So that, and I'm trying to think that I missed anything. I think that's all, Roslyn, but also I can send you the link to the Lux Girl Starter Kit, because it also lists the five... To steps. Me. Okay, it also lists the five steps that I recommend to build a relationship with God and scriptures attached for you to pray through and pray over.
0: Oh yeah, that'd be good. That'd be really, really good. Okay, thank you for that. So <laughs> what advice would you give to young Christians who are seeking God and find it difficult, like in the age group? Because you know, you, you still in my Yeah, age group. yeah. Yeah,
1: like finding it difficult to do this walk. Honestly, Honestly, y'all, I'm not trying to like be a cliche. Find a Bible-based church. But also if you find a Bible-based church that does not have the age group, that doesn't necessarily specialize in the age group that you're in. I'm not saying, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. I'm not saying church hop. Churches have small groups. So in my area, a lot of churches have small groups and you do not have to be a member of that church to go to small groups. I would say find small groups, go on Eventbrite, type in Christian events and pop up like me. You'll see me at a lot of churches in the DMV area. I'll go like, oh, youth worship night. Because also, you know, some churches consider, I'm considered a youth in the church world. So go to somebody's youth night, go to different worship nights. And that's that's when you start meeting people and start connecting that's with true. people. Because literally- That
0: I go to in Memphis- that was how we got connected in the yeah. church, going to those small groups. And yeah. like you could just even go to those churches' websites in your city and right. just look it up because yep. they have small groups on different things. And I will say that was probably the catapult Same. that helped me to understand relationship more with people. Yeah, yeah. Nico and I had went to like a marriage group, and we met a lot of people that we're still friends with. And so I think that was super, super. Yeah. I enjoyed that more than anything.
1: Yeah, no small so awesome. groups and like connect groups, e groups, whatever the church calls them, they change your lives because one, you get to see that Christians are just like you. You're just like them. All y'all literally probably talk, got the same similar issues, and y'all can actually talk. And for, and it's not a judgment zone. Everybody's pretty yeah. much on the same page like, listen, we're coming here to connect ultimately so that's my biggest piece of advice is finding a bible-based church and also finding other churches that have small groups that have connect groups because you're gonna want to, you're gonna need to be around other millennials or gen zers because if i didn't have my friend group i don't know where i would be like of course i had my season of isolation but when i met my friends like my friends literally speak life into me if that makes sense like they and it's not just saying like girl just go do what you want Leave that jesus thing they're like China, you know the Bible actually says blah 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 blah. Okay, China, and they're also they rebuke me with love. So if I'm getting a little too spicy, they're just like, "You could have just said that better" or stuff like. So just having people who hold you accountable in a way that's loving, And you can do that over brunch. Yeah, and- listen, we've had those. Deals. <laughs> I've been there, but uh, and just having people to walk with you because the Bible talks about community, and then even thinking about it, Jesus had twelve homeboys with him. He did. I he mean, one of them was traitor but still he had 12 homeboys and then even out of the 12 three saw him transfigure so also keeping that in mind too, like you need to be in community pretty much everybody in the bible has some sort of community king david like his army of men that was his community abraham had community moses had community like everybody had community ultimately noah had all and noah had all his peoples and the animals community that's true so just we're very communal beings. So that's where I would definitely say start there and start with a Bible translation that you can understand. You can get into the logistics of word searches and stuff when you get to a certain point, but just starting out fresh off the gate, find something that you can understand. Nothing else is going to help you if you don't have a trend. Starting off with King James was not helpful for me personally because I didn't understand it. So I had to start off with something that was just straight out. And then as I progressed in my walk, I do go to King James for references or when I'm doing like the law of first mention, things like that. But when I first started, I did not just hop right into it personally. But if you can, and you like were taught how to do that, then okay. But my advice is start with something you can read.
0: Yeah. And when it comes to translations, I think I'm super big on saying like, find something you understand because you want it to be interesting. You don't want to feel like you're reading something and you're bored with it. Because then that becomes... A thing where you can like disconnect from the word and you want to be connected to it. And so, but I think you can also learn that from being in community because yeah. you'll be able to be around people who can say, Oh, well, read this. This is like the best place to start in the Bible. Yeah. Like all those questions you may have, you can get those from being in community.
1: Even with a community, that's how I actually learned how to hear from God was in community because I did a connect group at my church called How to Hear from God by Joyce Myers. So we literally read the book together and talked through it. And literally after that, that book changed my life. Like it changed my life. So just even tailoring connect groups to areas that you may be struggling with. So if you like. Like you, know, I remember
0: you post on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, or this was back in September when you said you were in a connect group on reading Atomic Habits.
1: Listen, we meet bi weekly on Mondays and ciao. It's good though, because you're in a community and you can actually talk things through. That's ultimately what makes community so cool. Cause like I personally pick my connect groups on areas that I want to excel in. So that's why I'm reading Atomic Habits right now. Because like on my platform and my whole life right now, the focus is discipline. So Atomic Habits goes perfect with that because the habits controls everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I'm in a connect group about atomic yeah. habits. Right now. And
0: see, that's not traditional. That's not reading a Christian book.
1: Right, right. But you're
0: having conversations about things that still cultivate you spiritually. And so, again, y'all, it doesn't have to be super boxed in. Right. Like, God is not boxed in. He's not. Oh. He's super everywhere. Or yeah. I say super everywhere. He's everywhere.
1: That's true, instead. super everywhere. Super everywhere. Yeah.
0: So, China, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> yes. We could do this for hours. <laughs> I mean, that whole singleness talk, that was so good. Okay.
1: I didn't know we was going to talk about doing business, girl. (laughs) That's
0: a whole nother
1: tangent.
0: A whole nother tangent. But I do want you to tell the people where they can find you.
1: Well, you can find me on Instagram at j. And you can find the Lux Life podcast on all major podcasting platforms Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play. It's a whole bunch of them. So you can pretty much find it anywhere. And it's called The Lux Life with China J. And Lux is spelled L U X X E.
0: All right. I'll have all of China's information in the show notes for you all. And I love you. And we will talk next week.
1: Bye. Bye.